Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And then verse 6 reads, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In the King James Version, it reads a little bit different. It said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. And then verse 6 in the King James Version reads, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Yeah. Proverbs are a difficult book because people who read it seem to be confused because it doesn't necessarily flow like other conversations. It's not a story that's told that you can pick up on. One, one theologian said that it's like a conversation between two people who each continue to say one-liners. Yeah, just one-liners, and those one-liners don't seem to go together. But it's called a book of wisdom, which would be appropriate because Solomon, according to God, no man was ever wiser than Solomon. The Bible also says no one was ever wealthier, richer than Solomon. But by the end of his days, young folk, I got to tell you that despite all the sense he had. Yeah, that's S-E-N-S-E, sense. Despite all the sense he had, that's C-E-N-T-S. So despite all the brains and dollars he had, he died miserable. Miserable. And he died, according to another book he wrote, Ecclesiastes, warning other people not to be like him. Now somebody ought to say, what? How can you have all the sins and all the money and then die miserable? Because if you got all the money and you don't know what to do with it, <laughs> then all you do is set yourself up for problems. He had, I can tell you one problem he had, and then I'm going to get into this. He had 600 wives and girlfriends. I didn't even say six. I said 600. 600. And because he was so rich, every girlfriend got set out. You know, she had to have a crib and apartment and a little stuff. 600 of them. Now, I didn't make that up. That's what the Bible said. So now you know why he was so miserable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Come on now, and we ain't even got it. That ain't even cruel to say that. You cannot be divided by 600 sets of emotions in relationships. It just ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen, it's just wrong. And they didn't love the Lord. So each one of them had their own belief system, which was completely different than his belief system. This is the same Solomon who started out praying so well to the Lord that God gave him the most sense and the most riches. That's how he got 
But by the end of his life, he had turned away from the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says this, because he loved many strange women. That's what the scripture says. Because he loved many strange women. That simply means he loved women who did not believe what he believed. They were idol worshipers. And so if he met a girl, and she was cute, and she worshipped a tree, then, then he, you know, they were friends. And if he met a girl and she loved a rock, they were friends. That's how it was. But Solomon regretted it. He regretted it. But the same Solomon had enough sense to write these words of wisdom for us. And this is what I'm praying today, that we will take from his wisdom what, what he didn't live himself. And we will do better than he was able to do. He says that we ought to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And in all our ways, we ought to acknowledge the Lord. Not lean to our own understanding. So let me ask you this question right now. Who do you put your trust in? Or maybe I should say what? What do you put your trust in? What is your assurance in? When you find yourself in a tough space, when everything seems to be folding in on you, when you get that frantic feeling and it wells up in you and you don't know what to do, who's the first one on your mind that you call or you call on? Who do you turn to under those circumstances? Now, now don't get cute on me because we in church. Because some folk will say immediately, I call on the which may be true for some people. But most of us call on ourselves first. Oh, most of us call on the idol that is us and try to figure it out first. Before we even go to the Lord, we exhaust every resource we have, every bit of knowledge connection we have and when we exhaust those things then we turn to others now maybe the Lord then tops your list but for a whole lot of folk it's their mama or their daddy or some other person that they have relied on but I got news for you today that those people may not always be available to you. And so, are you certain that who you call on when you're in times of trouble? When I'm in trouble, that's what he says. He gives me a song. Yeah. Are you certain that who you call on? is worth being called on. Can they sustain you, support you, secure you during the time of trouble? Can they? Can they? 
do so. When you've been with somebody for a long time, you start leaning on them. But I assure you, in the words of George Jones, sing, just keep living. And the day is going to come when you're going to have to find someone bigger, stronger, and more secure to lean on someone that you can anchor your trust in. And my question is, have you found that? See, if you know anything about scripture, there's a story in there in the Old Testament about three Hebrew boys who found themselves in a fiery situation. And they called on the name of the Lord because the king was trying to kill them. What I think people miss, miss most in that situation is that when they called on the name of the Lord, somebody hear me on this, they already had a relationship with him. Okay? When Daniel went in the lion's den and he called on the name of the Lord, it wasn't a case of first call. He already had a relationship with the Lord. So my question to you today is, who or what do have you placed your trust in? I want you to answer that honestly because I guarantee you the answer to that question determines your peace in this life. And then the next question is, how secure is what or whomever you place your trust in? How secure are they? How secure are they? The United States dollar secures everything we do here in the United States. But it's not the currency. It's not the currency. It's not. It's not. Because you know and I know, if you listen to the news for any day, the value fluctuates. Some days it's stronger than other days. And can I tell you this? If you've ever gone overseas, the currency in the country you find yourself in overseas may be stronger than the U.S. dollar. So it hasn't secured much of anything in that country, depending on where you are. The dollar may be much lower. Than whatever the currency is in that country. Now it's important. And yet everything we have in this country is grounded by the full power of the currency that we have through the organization that we call the Federal Reserve. But do you know what holds up the system of the dollar? It's not gold, it's not silver. What do you say? 
not that. It is you. It's your faith in the dollar. Somebody didn't hear me. It's your faith in the dollar that keeps the whole system floating. If the U.S. people lost faith in the system, then it would be worthless and would crash. Tell you how I know, 1929, the United States people lost faith in the dollar. And they rushed to all the banks to get their money out. And the whole system did what? Crashed, collapsed. So it's us. We're the ones, because of our faith, that actually give strength to the U.S. government. And you do so every time you go to Winn-Dixie. You spend money. You give faith to the system every time you use your credit card. You give faith to the system. You're showing you trust in the system. Faith is important when it comes to trusting in someone. If I went over there right now and picked up Dylan, even though he looked at me crazy this morning when I went over there and greeted him, he would have no problem with me picking him up and walking around here. He's young enough to have complete trust in whoever picks him up and carries him. Yes, yeah, he don't, he don't really know what faith is right now, all right? But as we get a little older, if I went over there and tried to pick up Karen, trust me? Excuse me. You don't trust me? That's exactly the point. After all these years of marriage, that's exactly my point. You don't have full trust in my ability right now. Yeah. I can get up for a minute. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but it probably wasn't, it probably wasn't helpful. Conrader said, in times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. That rock has a name. His name is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. So be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Yeah, we are, are told that we ought to trust in the Lord. With all our heart, all our heart, that's interesting because of every person in this room, I don't think 
there's one person in this room who does not have more love for me than Cam. And yet, she wouldn't trust me to come over there and pick her up. <laughs> Even though she loves me with her whole heart, there's still some reservation when it comes to the amount of trust for me to do that. I want you to hear me now. You may love someone, but are they the one that you put your whole trust in when it comes to dealing with the circumstances of life? Are they the ones that you call on when life turns upside down? When you need your life to be on the solid foundation of one who can turn everything from wrong to right. The key word that's important in this verse that we've read in Proverbs, Cass, is trust. 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 See, God gives us faith. That's his gift. And in exchange for God giving us faith, we give him something back. It's called trust. He gives us faith, and we give him trust. Now, the word faith can be hard to define. The reason is we have to exercise faith. You have to exhibit faith, and you do so by showing your trust. Let, let, let me make it plain for you, all right? Because you exercise trust today. You did. Without even knowing it, you exercised trust when you came in here today. Let me show you how. You trust whoever built your house. All right? You, you trusted last night that while you sleep, your house wouldn't fall down all around you. You, you trust them. You, you trust the bank. How do I know that? Because you let your check go in there. Some people still go get a paper check. Some people want to pay me cash. But you trust the institution called the bank, whatever one it is you use. You trust them to keep your finances safe and such that when you call and demand some of your money, it's available to you. You trust them. You trust them. You trust your phone. I used to say, I could say alarm clock, but we use phones now. That that little app on your phone the alarm will go off at a certain time. And it'll be the right time for you to get up and do what you need to do. You trust that. How do I know that? Because you go to sleep and don't even think about it. At night, you set the alarm and you go to sleep. You don't get up at night checking the app to see if it's still working. You'd be mad if you had to do that. You simply go to sleep and the next thing you hear is whatever little music you got going off or beeping to wake you up. You trust that without hesitation or reservation. You trust the light to come on when you flip the switch. You trust it. I hope you hear what I'm saying here now. Without even thinking about it, you put your trust and your faith in systems. And the reason is because you tried them and tested them before. You already established that they are worthy of trust. I came to tell you today that having a relationship with the Lord is no different. You got to establish a relationship with him. Let, let, me, let me show you how David, David, one of my favorite characters in scripture, 
talked about his relationship in trusting the Lord. He said, blessed are they that put their trust in him, this David of the sheepfold, this David, the shepherd boy, this David, you ever been in the woods late at night? The real woods. We're talking about the woods away from the city, without any city lights. It's the, the, the word that I want to use in terms of the darkness is deep dark. Oh yeah, it's frightening dark down there. A lot of these people, a lot of people have never seen that kind of darkness when there is no ambient light from the city. You're that far out there. And when some moving out there, if you like me, you're scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. When a, when a, a branch creaks, uh, pops, uh, leaves crackle. Yeah, I want to know what's making it crackle. Yeah, scared. That might not be strong enough word for what I am out there. Yeah, that's a good one. Terrified is good. But all I know is it ain't long before your eyes start adjusting to even that darkness out there, and it's still dark. Yeah, I, uh, I know this because I love this girl, and she lived way down in the harbor. And I used to go down there on a moped <laughs> at night see her. She don't know this perspective because she wasn't on the moped with me. All right, from the campus out to Highway 29 is dark. Bugs flying. <laughs> I did not wear a helmet because I didn't have one. It was frightening. Yet, I had enough trust in this little old bitty moped to get me out there and get me back. Uh, because I want to see her. It's amazing thing what you'll do when you love somebody. As you grow your relationship with someone, it's an amazing thing. David said, thou has put gladness in my heart more than that in any time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for them. Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. David had such a connection with the Lord. The Lord will be our refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. He had such an intimate relationship with God, and it built day by day. So, but let me give you this now. If you trust in someone, got your faith in someone, all trust requires two things. It requires release, and it requires risk. True trust requires release and it requires risk. What are you saying, Reverend Sparks? Well, first of all, in order for you to truly trust someone, you have to release control yourself, which means you are vulnerable. When you release control, that exposes you to vulnerability. Oh, yeah. But you have to do it. If you're not willing to release, then you've never really exhibited true trust. You gotta release it. Somebody here looking at me strange because you're still struggling to release something. You wanna maintain every bit of control over everything. 
and you maintain every bit of control over everything, you never truly experience the joy of true trust. You never do. And it's a barrier to intimacy. It's a barrier. And the reason is the second word I use, because it involves risk. What's the risk, Chris? The risk is they may not be worth the trust. That's the risk, which is why people hold back and they maintain control as much as they can to the last moment themselves, but it's, it's, it takes gradual ease in order for you to really trust somebody. The entire 23rd Psalm that David wrote is about nothing but trust. That's what it's about. David said, I've been there before. And so I trust the shepherd completely. Katrina, I trust the shepherd because at every turn when I needed him, Sydney, he was there. I trust him completely. Now, who do you trust completely? The psalmist, I mean, uh, Solomon tells us we got to trust the Lord completely like that. And in order to do that, you got to release control, and yeah, you expose yourself to the risk. But uh, the Lord hadn't failed us yet. I, I came to tell you, he's not a man that he should lie. When he tells you that he's going to take care of something, and yes, he means it. You can consider it done at that point. You may not have even walked into the day when you need what the Lord's going to do for you, but if he's made a promise to you, you can take it to the bank, so to speak. It's going to be done. He said it, and it's so. Trust from the Lord or trust in the Lord is the surest thing you can do in this world. Put your trust in him. Faith declares that I believe in a God who can. That's what faith is. Trust is a process, not a place. All right? Trust is a process, not a place. A lot of people in relationships think they arrive at a day when trust is 100% complete. No, trust is a continuing process that you're growing on. Jesus taught us on that in Matthew, he said, if you got faith like a grain of a mustard seed, when placed in him, that, that same grain, you shall say to this mountain, or whatever it is you're struggling with, um, move. And the faith that you have in it means you, in your heart, believe that he has the power, if it's in his will, to move the mountain. You believe that. Now, whether he does it or not is completely up to him. That has nothing to do with you having faith that he has the ability to do it. The boy said Nebuchadnezzar put us in the fire. But we're not worried about what's going to happen on the other side because our God is able. We don't know if he's willing, but we know he's able. My question to you is, are you putting your trust in someone who's able? Or are you still struggling with yourself in that job? 
The power of trusting God means that you have already had tiny victories with him. I mean, he's already shown you on various occasions that he's with you and those tiny victories build up to a mountain of trust for him. And by the time you got a mountain-sized problem, you already serving a God who can move mountains. Yeah, but you got to deal with him in the molehills of your life. Let him deal with the molehill problems that you have. And when he moves the molehill, he's building your faith that when the mountain comes, he'll be right there for you. Trust in him. Tiny portions of doubt can keep mountains from being moved. Satan would have you settle and stand right behind a molehill of doubt to keep you from trusting in the Lord. He don't want nobody to trust in the Lord. And I came to tell you that doubt is blocking your faith in the Lord, which is why this wise man had to say, trust in me. Lean not to what you know how to do. In all your ways, all, A-L-L, the little things in life that you can do with your eyes closed, still trust him. The decisions you can make, and you don't, I don't need the Lord, still trust him. Yeah, what, what am I going to have for lunch today? Ask the Lord what you want me to have today. Oh, oh, I can tell you that if you start asking me those questions on the small things, then we'll have less problems on the big thing. Can I? Can I tell you that the food you take for granted today can be your nemesis in life tomorrow? All them raggedy lunches you eat every day, you ain't thinking about it. Yeah, in five years, you having health problems, and you got to decide every piece of leaf to put in your mouth. Why? Because you didn't trust him in the small things of life. He'll show you. And what I'm saying is if you want a health care plan, let him be your health care provider. Yeah, yeah. Don't depend on Blue Cross Blue Shield. Just depend on the cross. He'll shield you from the problems if you depend on him. Small things lead to big things. Too many people say that's irrelevant when it comes to God. Nothing in your life is irrelevant when it comes to God. Nothing is, is, is off the table when it comes to God. Trust him in every aspect of your life. James wrote it like this. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He, don't, he won't fuss at you, all right, because you don't know something. He said, and it shall be given to him if you ask for it. If you ask for it. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth it's like a wave of the sea, driven like wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You got to trust in him wholeheartedly. You can't waver in what you believe. God is able to do all things, church. Oh, he is. Yeah. 
Folk been writing about it for years, ready to say, tis so sweet, so sweet to trust in Jesus. Yeah, just to trust him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I proved him all and all. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. And then he said, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. For I know that thou art with me. And you will go with me till the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him all and all. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. I love this, uh, this proverb. Let me tell you why. I didn't read it for you because it was like giving you ice cream after a good meal, I think. There's a promise in this. There's a promise in this proverb. Yeah, it ends with a promise right there, what I read for you. I said, yeah, right there. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will. Do something for you. That's what he said. Did you right? Verse 6. Here's a promise that if you learn to acknowledge the Lord, he will make your path straight. Oh, somebody ought to hear me now. If you learn to trust in him, he'll make your paths straight. Don't lead to your own understanding. Trust in him. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll bless you with straight pathways. The reality is when you look at life, when you lean on him, when you don't give to your own understanding, he's not promising you that everything in life is going to work perfectly. Don't get that wrong now. No, 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 no. He's not promising you he's going to bubble wrap you and not let anything get to you. He's not promising you that. But what he is promising you is that one, he'll be with you all the way. Somebody ought to say hallelujah on that. Not only that, not only that, he's also promising you that you will have the promise of a Romans 8 and 28 life all over your existence that means everything that happens to you, everything that goes on in your life is going to work out for your good. Somebody needs to tell me that you haven't had that kind of life yet. You had trouble in your life. I bet somebody here will tell me I had trouble in my life and I look back and the trouble ended up being good for me. Why? Because he knows how to make your pathway straight. Yeah, I got this little app on my watch, and I'm out of here. The app on my watch, Cam, 
can show you how you walk. It's a funny thing. How you walk. It'll show you. When you look at it, you see your whole map. It's on your phone, too. How you, how you walk. A-O, and, and you look at it, and it says you walk two miles. And you say, man, that's good. I walk two miles. But when you look at it from the GPS perspective, that's what we're talking about here, God's positioning system. He's positioned you in this space. When you look at it from your vantage point, it don't look the same that it looks from God's vantage point. All right? When you look at it from your vantage point, you know you had to step over a curb. You had to go around a bush. Yeah, you even went down a little divot. Two miles, but it wasn't straight miles. No, no, no. Yeah, you had to stop because they were doing some work in the road or go around a little different way. But when you look at it from God's positioning system, all you see is a line from one point to another. In other words, you may go through some things trying to get to your destination, but God makes all of it work out for your good. And from his standpoint, from that standpoint, it's a straight line to where you wanted to go. Don't worry about getting caught on the curves and the curves and the hills and the mole hills of life. God is still moving you to the place that you need to go to. Somebody ought to celebrate with me because you've already arrived at a place you weren't supposed to get to at all. Yeah, you were supposed to stop 10 years ago. And yet you look back and you find yourself where God wanted you to be. Yeah, you said if I had done it by myself, never could have made it. Never would have made it. But God took all that stuff I went through and compressed it and it became a blessing for me. I know what I'm talking about because I've lived it. Get yourself on God's positioning system. But in order to do that, you first need to trust him. Trust him with all your ways, with all your heart. Acknowledge him in everything you do and he will direct your path. Somebody here needs to get on the journey with God. You need to turn the God positioning app on in your life. He's asking you right now, today, to start following him, listening to him, obeying his voice. Maybe you've never done it before, but he sent someone to show us how it's done and that someone was his son Jesus. Jesus came as an example of how we have to live and even though you might not know it, Jesus from Mary to the cross that was a straight line he made a beeline from Mary to the cross I know he went through a whole lot of little towns but he was always on mission. Why? Because he trusted in the Lord my question to you is, do you trust him? If you've never made that public acknowledgement that Jesus died for you, that he went to the cross for you, today's the day. Now's the time. Doors of our church are being opened for you. Today, today, now's an opportunity for you. Come and share with us. And so we offer Christ to you right now. Come on now. Yeah, maybe you're looking for a new church family, a new church home. Today is the day. Start today with us. We We're offering Christ to you. Oh, my oh we've been waiting. We, we offer Christ. 